And joining us also in studio this afternoon is Chief Economist at Investec, Annabelle Bishop. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. It's a pleasure. So what's your reaction to what you've heard from the Minister this afternoon? Well, as an economist, I'm disappointed in the fiscal slippage, the escalation in the projections for the fiscal deficit and the fiscal debt, which signifies to me that we would likely get credit rating downgrades now to sub-investment grade. And obviously, if you have a look at the state-owned entities as well, and of course, the economic growth, economic growth also forecast to be too weak as well. So that's my snapshot reaction to it. Those are the initial figures that I always tend to have a look at. And then after that, I flesh out my view around that. He starts off by talking about growth everywhere else you look except for here. How does that, I mean, that almost feels like a contradiction to me. Well, I think that's the reality. You know, we are in a strong, synchronized global upswing where we are seeing good growth come out of the advanced economies. The emerging market economies are expected to lift as well. The IMF and other global institutions have been revising up the global growth forecast. But South Africa, unfortunately, is lagging behind. We are seeing extremely weak economic growth. And our economic growth rate of 0.6% this year, rising to, if we're lucky, 1% next year, is going to be below that of global growth. It's going to be below that of emerging markets. It's going to be below their advanced economies and it has a poor outcome. So again the phrases inclusive growth, economic transformation are all part of uh, his uh, dialogue this afternoon. What do they all what do they actually mean? Well, I think, you know, inclusive growth is a nice term, but to unpack it, what it really means is that everyone should share in the economic growth of their country. And, you know, the problems is that when it doesn't happen, when you've got a lot of people who are very poor and very marginalized, and obviously when you have a lot of political aspirations and political issues um, coming out of that, then you obviously get a very turbulent situation. Of course, we do have that. We have very high political uncertainty. It's now fed through into depressing investor confidence. And, of course, that in turn has had a negative impact on economic Economic growth, so we've got economic uncertainty. And of course, there's just general worries which happen in any country in the world. When your government finances are performing poorly, it tends to negatively impact business confidence and obviously their expectations for investment. Annabelle, I started uh, my conversation with Bruce Whitfield a moment or so ago by asking about the so-called uh, ability deficit that many analysts have uh, put on Malusi Kigaba and of course he's gone ahead and uh, ticked a few boxes and said already we've had a few successes, we've now got uh, a CEO at SAA we've got a chief restructuring officer he says that uh, they're setting up a fund for small business enterprise development um, he's mentioned a couple of things around obviously the issue of uh, spectrum availability from a communications point of view and and so he's saying look, I'm, I've rolled up my sleeves I'm here to do the business uh, what's your what's your response? Well, my response is maybe to take a step back and actually have a look at what's really needed. And in South Africa, what's really needed is a lot more revenue, which comes through into government. And the only way that's created is through substantially faster economic growth led by the private sector. So in other words, we want private sector business confidence to rise substantially. We want investor sentiment to lift and we want business people in South Africa feel confident about the future. You know, there's two things. If you've got weak economic growth, you don't think that you're going to improve much going forwards and so why invest more? Why expand your capacity? That's one disincentive. And the other is obviously if you're concerned about the politics, if you're concerned about the policies, if everything is very uncertain, how do you price risk? And corporates need to price risk to quantify their return, decide whether it's a good investment or not. And at the moment, those two issues really are flagging. We'll keep talking about all of these issues. And, of course, uh, he did admit that uh, you will need economic growth to achieve transformation because you can harp on about transformation as much as you want. But without the growth you need, it will not come.
two. We are continuing, of course, uh, to look at the issues surrounding uh, m- the Minister of Finance midterm budget speech for 2017. And I do want to look at the issue, uh, Annabelle, of course, Annabelle Bishop, the Chief Economist at Investec with us in studio. I do want to look at how he framed uh, the issues and the challenges surrounding state-owned enterprises, uh, uh, talking about uh, some of those changes that have already happened at places like SAA. But we do know it's not just about uh, shifting deck chairs. It is about the money. And we didn't get a clear sense of where it might come from. Yes, I think that's a very good assessment. And obviously, Eskom taking the largest state guarantee. Certainly, he indicated that there has been an issue in terms of tariffs and insufficient money collected. So they've indicated certainly that they could apply, Eskom could apply for steeper tariff increases going forwards. And obviously, these will have an impact on the consumer. Certainly, the um, government has extended a 350 billion guarantee from the March 2017 to 31st of March 2023. So let me stop you right there. What does that what does that extension actually mean? Well, you know, maybe even to take a step back, what does a guarantee mean? You know, and, and really what what that basically means is that Eskom issues the debt and obviously can issue it to the tune of this amount and government will guarantee or back that debt. So they will actually pay for it if Eskom defaults. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, South African government, South African society, the civilians will actually have to make good that cash. So that actually puts an extra burden on government's balance sheet. We've been going through the finances earlier today, the budget deficit, the deficit, the um, government debt levels, and obviously they've deteriorated quite a lot. This is just an extra burden that's added on on top. Well, he says it's too big to fail. Um, uh, you know, it says it's too important to government, uh, to the country, to fail, and it won't be allowed. But he also mentioned uh, failures around leadership, financial management, governance as of being uh, of being grave concern, but didn't really get into the details of how those issues would be dealt with, and indeed, who is to blame. Well, that's exactly it. You know, that's what we're waiting to hear and really what's going to be done. I think if we could get clarity and if there were solutions that were seen to be workable and obviously could sort out the problems that you know exist in these state-owned entities, then we could get more positive sentiment in the markets. But unfortunately, it just seems more of the same, more of the delaying tactics, more of kicking the can down the road. And, you know, maybe he will come up with some innovative solutions further on. But at the moment, the markets want detail. They're tired of planning. They're tired of, you know, generalistic statements. They want to know exactly what's going to happen, when, where, and how, and is it going to be, you know, saved or not, and what, what's going to happen going forward. And again, I mentioned the issue of the nuclear build program. He says uh, uh, pretty much what the president said. Uh, in February this year that will only get what we can afford to pay. Now, uh, in recent weeks, Melissa Kigaba had said in Washington uh, that, in fact, we wouldn't uh, be going nuclear because we simply couldn't afford it. At least, no, he didn't say we couldn't go nuclear. He said we couldn't afford it. So are those two statements contradictory? What exactly is it? is, you know, and perhaps there is a little bit of, of friction, a little bit of rub between you know, what the President is saying and what obviously the Finance Minister is saying. It's quite interesting because this might be something to watch going forward. So, you know, are we going to go down the path that the Finance Minister suggests that it is actually unaffordable and that we're going to have to look at alternate means or are, is it going to be something that's pushed through? And of course there's as we all know, grave concerns about the sheer cost of the nuclear build program and obviously whether these costs will actually be watched carefully or whether we could actually see you know, monies frittered away. 
Now, the other issue is this uh, spending good money after bad. I mean, they had initially denied that there would be any, um, you know, selling of the telecom shares, for example. And now there's a categoric statement that indeed uh, that is one of the options on the table and they're certainly going to pursue it. How do we deal? You were talking about certainty. How do we deal with one week, one month? This is the statement. This is the direction we're going. And then a few weeks later, a few months later, actually, no, we're going to do the complete opposite. Well, I think that's the point, you know, and that's what's being reflected in the financial markets. It creates uncertainty, not certainty. And obviously that causes the currency to weaken, has a negative impact on the bond yield. And we're really in a situation now in South Africa where we we are basically just moving, as you said, from week to week, new information coming out all the time. And we just tend to trick, just tend to tr- tick weaker and weaker and weaker. And, you know, that that's not a good place to go in because we want the opposite to happen. We want substantial, you know, facts coming through which actually build for positive outlook, for Stronger economic growth for investor certainty. What do you put the 50 billion rand shortfall that SARS has collected? Is that uh, low compliance or is it uh, systemic issues within our revenue service? You know, a lot of it is actually weak economic growth and government themselves detail it. There's, uh, from a personal tax collection point of view, people have actually had much lower bonuses than in previous years. So incomes have been lower. A lot of people are actually unemployed. So obviously people losing their jobs means that tax take then falls away. And of course, if you look at the corporate sector as well, corporates have been doing poorly because of the economy underperforming as well. So it's not just, you know, simplistically saying, well, perhaps there's an issue at SARS. It's, it's, a lot of it's actually a very strong reflection of a weak economy. I mean, bear in mind that if economic growth does come out close to 0.5 this year, essentially your economy is stalled. So how are you actually anticipating, you know, a big rise in taxes? So, I mean, he didn't quite say the words of George W. Was it George Bush Senior? Read my lips. I will not raise taxes. But uh, the bottom line is, everyone uh, is expecting that to be the case come February next year. I think that's the risk, you know. And certainly, in the documents they put out today, they give some quite a significant figures about what they're anticipating for the tax take after two thousand and twenty. 2021. And if you actually have a look at the gross um, tax, they're looking at it rising from 1.2 this year to 1.5 out in that three-year period. And they're looking for $130 billion extra to come from personal income tax. So that really does indicate to us that, you know, personal income taxes are going to have to increase if the economy doesn't show faster economic growth. And then you have a natural rise in incomes tax. Was there any good news in this midterm policy speech? You know, I suppose the fact that there were some recognition of the fact that they would now need to sell the telecom shares, they didn't leap straight into a massive tax increase for everyone. It did It did seem to be a speech that's really treading water. It's, it is his first speech, and I think he's getting to know the situation, understanding what can and can't be done. But it was very much a compromise budget. And from that perspective, it's a compromise to many different parties, so therefore it doesn't really solve any issues at all. And I think it's, it's unfortunately leaves us in the dark and doesn't really give us a clear indication of what is actually going to happen come February, other than the fact we probably are going to see higher taxes. So one of the things that he has to do is not only convince the nation what uh, his plans are going to be, he obviously also goes on these roadshow overseas to try and sell South Africa Inc. if you like. Based on this performance, how is Malusi Gigaba being read? I think he's being read as part of the greater issue, you know, that the big problem that South Africa's 
having, and that's of course a huge fiscal deterioration. There's not very much one man can do. He's just a single individual. But I think the fact of the matter is that he has put through a budget which shows that the projections are for a widening in the fiscal deficit, for higher debt as a percentage of GDP, for very weak economic growth. And I think all of that really reads into the fact that it means we're going to have credit rating downgrades. And that's pretty much what the global financial markets care about. It's what you, you was going to really be talked about when he goes on his roadshows because it has a direct implication in terms of our bonds, in terms of our bond yields. You know, if you increase supply, you get higher bond yields. But if you expected to see credit rating downgrades, you get higher bond yields. So those higher borrowing costs are in turn going to make it even more difficult to pay back the debt going forwards. And it actually then results in your a, a, a downward spiral, a fiscal deterioration. So bottom line, tougher times ahead. That's uh, the message I suppose we can all take out of the midterm budget speech of 2017. Uh, Annabel Bishop, Chief Economist at Investec, thank you very much for your analysis and your insights and really even for coming in.